welcome to the Unstuck Your Life podcast. I'm your host and life coach, Pamela Hughes. Every week, we're going to start to wiggle loose in area of your life that has got you stuck. Hello, hello. Yes, thanks again for popping in here on the podcast and joining me once again this week. You know what? I really try to bring value to you guys, and, and that's why I do this podcast. And so if you are getting value from it, like do me a favor, spread the word, share the wealth, tell one person about the Unstuck Your Life podcast, and you know what? Consider your good deed for the day done. <laughs> and we're going to do some amazingly good deeds today because I've got a special guest. Yes, for the first time, Ever, yes, on the Unstuck Your Life podcast, I have a guest. And the guest today is my good friend, radio show host, communication coach extraordinaire, <laughs> Rob Hunter. Welcome to the show, Rob. I am an avid listener to the Unstuck podcast. I am a subscriber. I've even rated and reviewed and shared. Well, thank you mm-hmm. so much for the support. I get tons of value out of what you doing the podcast and what you do in real life. Thank you. Yes, mm-hmm. Rob and I have known each other for years, and we um, worked together in radio for a long time. And it's been interesting, while you're still in the radio industry, we both have started new journeys. So while you're still in that world, you're also a coach as well. And I find it fascinating, the type of coaching that you're doing and why you're doing it. So Tell my audience a little bit about painted porch strategies and about being a communications coach. What does that mean? So let's start with painted porch strategies because I want to blame my wife for all of this because she, at some point a few years ago, had this idea. She's like, I want to create a company and I want you to be the communications expert with all the radio background that you and Pamela have. And I was like, okay, let's do this. What does it look like? Well, she said, we're going to base it in stoic principles. So the painted porch is where the ancient Stoics used to hang out and share ideas and discuss things. Okay, so I, I want to stop you there for a second because you say Stoic like everybody knows what that means. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about what, what is Stoicism. You've heard the name Marcus Aurelius before? Yeah. He is one of the more famous Stoics. It's just a philosophical line of thinking. Think about it this way. So what you do, life and performance coaching, they were, I think, the, the original life coach thinkers. How does your mind work? How does your mind react to certain circumstances? So they wanted you to kind of be above it all, if you not above it all in like a bad way, but try to look at it from a 30,000 square foot perspective. Like you're, you're looking at your life and you're like, okay, is this good or is it bad? Who's to determine? You know, and, and you try to live a good life of virtue. You try to do right by people as best you can. You try to improve every day. That's what stoicism really is. Really focused on the dichotomy of control. What can you control? What can't you control? And if you can control it, you can do something about it. If you can't, do you really want to attach all these emotions, feelings, and your entire life to it? And it's fascinating because, I mean, like, this stuff's been around for ages, right? And when we talk about coaching and life coaching, it's still kind of a relatively new industry, but it's just a new riff on an old industry. Mm -hmm. And so that's what life coaching is. That's a little bit of what you're doing with those philosophies with painted porch strategies. So tell me about the communication aspect that you bring to the table there. So communication, Pamela, is something we all do every single day. It's the foundation of every single relationship. Because, you know, if you're married, you know how important communication is. If you have a child, you know how important communication is. Communication is how we teach, 
It's also how we listen. It's how we express ourselves. I like to say communication is our billboard to the outside world. So if you picture a billboard, it's an ad, you're driving down the freeway, there's certain ones that stick out to you. So if you approach your communication, how you speak, how you think about things, that's your billboard. So you want it to be very effective. But there's also another component which ties in exactly what you do is what I like to call your internal communication, how you talk to yourself. Because we all have a running dialogue in our heads. Sometimes it's positive. Oftentimes, it's negative. So a part of what we do in my program, which is called Master Your Message, is focus a lot on that, how you communicate with yourself. Because I'm a guy, growing up, I used to beat the crap out of myself all the time. Like negative space from like as long as I can remember till just about a few years ago. And I realized it was, it was just changing my language made such a huge difference in my own head. And I just became a better person a more positive person through my own communication with myself. Yeah, I talk to myself. What can I say? Oh, yeah, I do all the time. My daughters are like, Mom, you're talking to yourself again. I'm like, I'm having a great conversation with myself. But, I mean, those those conversations that we have with ourselves, that internal dialogue, that chatter can be either very uplifting and motivating and create tremendous momentum or it could be debilitating and um, destructive and keep you quite stuck. And so what do you see as one of the biggest challenges that people face when it comes to either the communication they have with their relationships or the communication they have internally with themselves? You'll love this because it ties into what you do. And I've been, by the way, I'm going to give Pamela a shout out here. I've been through Pamela's program. Do it. It will change your life. It will change how you think. It's very similar to what we're talking about here. I think emotions is huge. Because our emotions flare up. You describe emotions as like a vibration, a vibration in your body. In your body. Yeah. So that vibration impacts how you communicate. Because you know, if you're mad, you communicate a certain way and it's never effective. If you're calm and you listen and you can put your emotions aside or deal with them later or you know, deal with them in the moment without reacting, that just makes a huge difference. Another part is our judgments. So our brains are designed to create judgments. Going back to early, early first man, first woman, our brains are designed to keep us alive. So you, especially back then, you're like, what is that plant? Can I eat that or will it kill me? What is that animal? So we have this instinctual fear-driven survival technique that our brain does automatically, but oftentimes in the modern day, we'll make a judgment about someone or something incorrectly. But that can impact how you communicate or it can impact whether or not you approach someone or avoid them. Or even if it's a conversation, you have an opinion. I have a judgment about taxes. Pamela has a judgment about taxes. If we let our judgments get in the way of how we communicate, we might end up getting a screaming match over taxes. But don't do that. It's really boring. But that's a, that's an example. Well, I mean, when it comes to judgments, we judge ourselves, we judge others, mm -hmm. we judge circumstances. It's, it's part of life. So learning how to navigate that is a skill. It's a skill that we're not taught. And it is a practice, learned skill that once you start to hone and develop it, it actually creates a lot of freedom and relief because you're not beholden to that judgment. You can use discernment instead. So you can look at a situation 
and go, yeah, I didn't like what happened there. And since I didn't like what happened there, I'm going to do this instead without having all of that emotion tied up in it where that shouldn't have happened. This should have happened. They shouldn't have done this. And we get all those emotions tied up into mm -hmm. it, which cause these different actions, right? Like you said, the actions you take from a place of anger or fear or frustration, very different than curiosity and hope very different emotions that drive these different actions. So when you're working with someone who is trying to better their communication, what's the first thing that you recommend they work on? Awareness, always awareness. Being aware of how you communicate with yourself first is what I'd say, like really be honest with yourself because that's the key. And this is the same thing with your program, right? You gotta commit to it. Like that's the other part. So you gotta do the awareness, but you gotta be committed to wanting to get better. Because if you don't do the work, it's not just going to happen. You're not all of a sudden going to wake up one day and become a better, more effective communicator. you got to go through the steps. Awareness being big part number one. How, what do you, how do you create that awareness, though? It's giving yourself time, honestly. And, and this is a struggle we all have in the modern-day world. Is we're so There's so many distractions. There's so many things to do. There's so much entertainment out there. It's so easy to go down rabbit holes. But I find that I wear a bracelet, one of these My Intention bracelets. My word is, it's two words, slow down. Because it's a reminder that I like to slow down. I'm always in a rush and my body's in a rush all the time, but it's, uh, it's the slowing down that makes me aware of how I feel, what I'm thinking. And then when you're, say you're doing a presentation, you wanna prepare for that. So you need to give yourself time to maybe tell a story. Speaking of stories, that's another element of communication is the stories we've told ourselves over the years, whether it's about a belief, an upbringing, that's another thing to become aware of to start to unravel that. I like to say unravel your story. And that's, you'll communicate with yourself more effectively when you let go of some of those old beliefs. And that all comes from that first step of awareness. Yeah, but I mean, uh, that awareness of what is the story I'm telling myself. Mm -hmm. Because so often we have these beliefs that were just thoughts that we practiced over and over and they became a belief. I mean, that's what beliefs are. They're just a thought you've practiced over and over. Your brain likes to be efficient. Yeah. And so it looks at that belief and it's like, oh, I don't have to think about this anymore. Relegates it to the back of your brain. So then you start running on autopilot of these beliefs, not even knowing why they're there or who put them there. You know, your fifth grade music teacher right. said something to you, <laughs> and here you are 45, and you're still operating from that programming and not realizing how that's holding you back because you had a belief that you haven't examined. Mm -hmm. So pulling those beliefs forward, looking at them, and then deciding, does that story serve me? Because here's the other thing that I see a lot with, with my clients. There once was a time where the story served you. And that's okay. We don't have to judge that. Mm -hmm. It worked. It operated for you. But it's no longer helping you. So if it's no longer helping you, are you willing to honor like the past and why it worked for you and be willing to change the pattern now because it's no longer serving you instead exactly. of holding on to that past story? Here's the other thing about the stories of life. When your past happened, like it's gone. It's done. The only place that your past exists is in your mind. And so your current thoughts about your past are what's creating that emotion, not the pain from the past. There's no old wounds. It's just new thoughts mm -hmm. about an old, old circumstance. <laughs> they, so were we kind of like traumatizing ourselves for it? And that's not victim blaming. I think it's like the coolest thing because you now have power over 
what you want to take from your past into your future. Like you get to decide which story are you telling yourself. If I were to ask you, Rob, tell me how hard it was being a kid growing up in Boston, Massachusetts. You'd be able to tell me that story, right? Absolutely. And then if I said, Rob, tell me how amazing your childhood was growing up in Boston, Massachusetts. For some people, you might have to like mine that story a little bit more, but that positive story is there. They both exist. Which one feels better? Obviously the positive one. Focus on that Mm -hmm. one. Like that's perfectly okay. And those stories that we tell ourselves are critical as to how we operate and, and work in our world because they also shape how we interact with other people. Absolutely. So what is the biggest challenge you see with people when it comes to having open communication? Because as a talk show host, that's a world right now where there isn't a whole lot of open communication, <laughs> right? It's you're either with me or against me. And I see that in just so much of everyday life. So as a communication coach and master your message, what advice do you have for people who have been struggling in that area? How well do you listen? Like, are you actually tuning in? So, obviously, I like the radio analogies because you and I both have radio backgrounds. So, what I think happens when someone comes at you with a different opinion or criticism, you have static that fills your head. So, in radio world, it's static. It's a used to be when you changed the station before everything was digital. When you were trying to find it on that old radio, you found those in-between stations where you're like, what is that noise? And you'd hear like a little bit of a song. You'd be like, yeah, it's Michael Jackson. And then you'd be like, and then you finally tune in and hear the song. That's that same thing. Like you actually clearly listening to someone. Are you putting those emotions and those those other distractions aside because your body tries to distract you all the time. And then there's your phone that you're attached to. It, it's That's a huge part of it because if you actually just listen and ask questions, which is part of the course that I have too. It's a big component. You know, Pamela is a phenomenal interviewer because she has that background too. It's those important questions that you ask, especially if you can take yourself out of it, like your feelings and your thoughts. That's a big part of communication. Listening, responding then in that same way. Not emotional, but being inquisitive. And then there's also other elements too of you know, how to communicate effectively, how to not say um, like, uh, all those you knows quite a bit. Elements of storytelling, which you can use. Exactly right. So it's just the deeper you dig, but it all starts with you internally and how you talk to yourself and how your body talks to you too with those emotions. So one of the exercises I have is, for me, traffic is incredibly frustrating. And we've actually, Pamela has coached me on this and it's helped me a ton because it, it forced me to go through uncomfortable moments. Like for example, last week I was driving to work and I don't like it when people drive slow. And this person was driving really slow and I made myself stay behind them because it made me feel uncomfortable. And then when I got to work, I was like, I feel good. I feel like I released something because I forced myself to do it. So I was communicating with myself. My body was, ugh. So had I actually had a conversation with you, Pamela, in that moment, I would have been frustrated because I noticed how my body was. So now I know that feeling. Now I know Either I'm not going to communicate with you in that moment because I'm frustrated, because I recognize the feeling, and I'm going to, I have some techniques where I'm like, okay, I'm going to breathe, I'm going to do this. Now I can communicate effectively because that feeling now has left my body. I've processed it. It's interesting because really what I hear you saying, Rob, again, this is Rob Hunter. He is a talk show host in the Phoenix area, 
And he is also a communications coach who has a course, Mastering Your Message, with Painted Porch Strategies. And, and Rob's joining me here, he's a good friend of mine, just talking about the importance of communication because how you communicate impacts all facets of life. Mm -hmm. And it is going to be an element of your life that can either really enhance where you are or distract from where you are. And what I heard you talk a little bit there about, Rob, is the difference between curiosity and judgment. Mm -hmm. When you're listening to someone, are you judging what they're saying and ready to respond? You're not really hearing what someone's saying. You're just already thinking about what you're going to say next versus being curious about why they said it. So talk a little bit about how like judgment versus curiosity in the communication space, the difference in how critical that is. I'll give you this example. You know this as well as I do. So when you put your opinions out there, when you're on the radio, you get criticized for big things, little things. You get criticized because you disagree with someone or someone disagrees with you. You get criticized for how you read the weather. That was a recent criticism I got. I got that too. <laughs> I'm from Pittsburgh. And I, and I would say like 100, like it's 100 degrees. Yeah. Like there's, there's like oh 100. And somebody's like, that girl, they, they emailed me. I was the news director at the time. They're like, that girl reading your news says 100, 100. It's 100 degrees. And I'm like, it's it's me who you're responding to. And I'm from Pittsburgh and I have a funny accent. But yeah, people like get on you for like the craziest things. Yep. But that can be distracting, right? So over the years, we've both learned how to have tough skin, as they say. So now I know that if someone criticizes me, I'm like, okay, what is this criticism coming from? And I want to ask you some questions about it because I know... Is it worth listening to or not? So I recently had someone criticizing me about some opinion that he disagreed with me on, and I just was like, at this moment, this this is not this is just a criticism. It's not a critique. It's not helping me be a better person or say something a little bit more eloquently. So that's why I bring that up is I've chosen now to take this bigger approach. Like, let me look at the criticism without emotion and see if there's any value in it. And if there's value in it, and I'm like, okay, that's interesting. I can learn from this. Well, that's an interesting perspective. Let me see what he or she thinks more. So I'll ask a question to dig a little bit deeper to see what the criticism is, if it's a criticism or a critique. Again, the difference obviously being critiques, I think, are designed to help you. Some people package it emotionally, and that's okay. That's a big key. Understanding most people communicate very emotionally is so freeing. Because you're like, okay, this person's coming at me emotionally. I'm aware of that fact. So now I can separate myself and put my judgments aside and go, okay, let's proceed. But that's hard. Very hard. That, that's that's hard practice. for individuals to go, okay, they're being emotional in this space right now. That's about them, not about me. So how do you coach people to get to that point? What do they practice? So I have a, a, a tool that is part of the course. It's a three-step tool. It's, it's about the recognition. It's about the body feel. And then it's about processing it. What does it actually mean? So it, it's just, you have to just do the exercise a lot, you know, and that's just the way it is. But it's like shooting a free throw. You don't just all of a sudden become a 90% free throw shooter by going to the free throw line one time. You got to repeat. You got to do, and that's the way any part of life is. And that's why this is challenging, why a lot of people give up. But it's, the fun when you challenge yourself, it's so rewarding. And I think you probably agree with me, Pamela. When you do something, even when it's hard and you accomplish it, or you have that first conversation where someone criticizes you and you don't react emotionally, your body just feels good. And you're like, oh, I just accomplished something. And if you do this work, same thing with your, if you go through Pamela's course and you do it, it's so rewarding. 
that you want to keep going because you feel better. And there's nothing better, now that I'm almost 43, realizing how negative I was for most of my life and where I'm at now, life is just so much more amazing. I'm just so grateful for every single opportunity that I get to learn something. It's again, just shifting that mindset. It does take work. It's taken me years to get here. So I wanna help you speed up the process, same way Pamela does. Let's, we've learned some things, but I wanna help you get here faster than we did. Well, I mean, I think it's also a situation where you and I both have been at a place where we're like, we've learned things that you know, in our forties that we really wish we would have learned when we were 14. And now that we have this, like, it's why I do this podcast. I realize that not everybody either can afford or want a one-on-one coach, but I just want to get this information out because I feel like I have these secrets Mm -hmm. that, that I just learned over the last few years that have dramatically changed my life. And so I want to give them to people. I want people to learn and grow and evolve and transform at their own pace, but realize that they have the power to do it. You talked about control and stoicism and how, you know, control what you can control. And then if you can't control it, then let it go mm-hmm. kind of thing. It's like, if it's out of your hands, it should be out of your head type of situation. And what can you control? So if I want to control becoming a better communicator, somebody's listening right now going, yeah, I could probably work on this. These last few years, politics, what's happened with our family, COVID, all of that has impacted our relationship. Somebody listening right now going, hey, you know what? I really want to work on my communication. What's the one place you recommend they start? Ask questions. I would start there. So when you're having a conversation about someone, especially someone who thinks differently than you do, find those people. Have those conversations. Ask them what their perspective is and keep digging. Become Oprah. Become Pamela. You know, do an interview and, you know, frame it that way. Approach it from a standpoint of, I'm going to try to learn something from you, whether it's your perspective, your opinion. Maybe you have some facts that I didn't know. That, that's a good way to start is just make yourself not the center of the attention. Make that other person the center of, the att- of attention. And I think what you're talking about there as well as asking questions and listening in the, the coaching world, we call that holding space. That it's a judgment-free zone. I don't know what's right for you. I don't, you're the expert in you. Same thing as far as when you're asking people questions. They're gonna answer them based upon their own life experiences and what they have gone through, which is gonna be different than what you've gone through. That's what makes us all unique and interesting. I wouldn't wanna be around a bunch of people like me. Like, they'd be super boring and frustrating <laughs> at times, too. But it's one of those things where we're all different and celebrating those unique differences instead of allowing it to divide us. But that happens by being willing to hear what's in the other person's head. So for me, like as a coach, and I use this with my daughter all the time, it's about learning what's in her head more than her hearing what's in mine. Mm -hmm. And I think just painting it from that picture, at the end of a conversation that you want to learn from, whether it be with your spouse or a coworker or a sibling, whatever it may be, a tough conversation, first off, it's decide who you want to be in that conversation. Like you get to decide ahead of time. I want to be this person. I want to have this kind of outcome. This is the type of attitude I'm going to adopt. And you get to decide ahead of time who that is. Absolutely. And then go into it with that frame of mind. And do are you learning what's in their head or are you sharing more of what's in yours? And you can learn so much. The Stoics would say, as one of the Stoics, there's Seneca, there's Epictetus, a bunch of other ones, mostly dudes. Sorry, ladies, but we're working on that. My wife's super Stoic, you know, but... 
They, you said, you have two ears and one mouth, and you've heard that phrase, right? Listen twice as much as you speak. And that's another way to approach it, combining what Pamela said. Like, think about, okay, I love that. Who do I want to be in this conversation? I want to be a listener. I'm going to be a non-judgmental interviewer. This is the outcome I want. I want to learn Pamela's point of view without judging it. Because ultimately, it's just an opinion. And you can have it, and you can be... It's just those emotional attachments to those opinions are what leads to fights. Whether you're a couple, whether you're co-workers, that's the part that is, again, that unraveling the story. That's You also have to unravel your emotional attachments to your opinions because there's no way to tell really what's right or what's wrong or if you link up the grand scheme of things. There's nothing the Stoics love. Imagine your spot in the universe and how tiny you are. And the time that we get to occupy our bodies is a tiny speck of the entirety of the planet of the universe. So it's perhaps best to enjoy as much of it as you can because it's a unique experience to be able to be a human being. Yeah, and I mean, the idea of of what it took for us to be here at this time, at this moment, given all that humanity has dealt with, it's, it's to be celebrated. It's to be enjoyed and to learn. Like, I feel like that's my purpose, is to have, like, the fullest human experience. Totally. And the fullest human experience means a lot of pain. Because life is 50-50. It's 50% positive. It's 50% negative. So when crap happens, it doesn't it will. mean... It doesn't mean anything's <laughs> wrong. It just means this is the part of life that sucks. But as you use the radio analogy of like the static and kind of like dialing in the message and, and kind of clearing out the static, the same analogy I use is that, so yeah, 50% of life is going to suck. It's, it's that negative part. But does it have to suck on a, a 10 volume? When you learn to manage your mind and communicate better with yourself and mm -hmm. others around you, you're still going to have that negative space. But can we turn the volume down to a three? It's still there, but it's it's not blaring in your ears and it's not like wrecking your emotional state. You're like, yeah, this is here and I can deal with this a lot more at a three than I can at a 10. Absolutely. And if you too, you can even go further than that and be like, even if it's a three, like, can I enjoy this? Because it's still a uniquely human experience to have negative emotions or have negative things happen to you or get fired from a job. Not that you're supposed to enjoy that, but you're like, huh, okay, this is a challenge. So what am I going to do now? How am I going to respond? Am I going to go into the depths of despair? Or am I going to say, oh, maybe this is a freeing opportunity for me because I really didn't like that job anyways. I like the security. I like the paycheck. But now I have an opportunity. And if you approach that, good things will happen for you, to you. Because life, I think, we've talked about this quite a bit, Pamela, life happens for you. It's trying to teach us all something. And if you approach it that way, you're like, okay, what's the lesson? Maybe it's going to be hard to get to the eventual lesson, but if you're like, I'm going to enjoy the journey, whether it's positive or negative, where it's that 50-50 scale, I'm just going to go for it and, and try to make the most of it. Yeah, and it's, it's what is the gift? What is the lesson to be learned here? And a lot of times in the moment, it's super hard to see, folks. Mm -hmm. So hard to see. But, you know, here, time heals all wounds. I look back and, and I had a conversation, uh, interestingly enough, with, with my 11-year-old daughter and my husband this week about stuff that at the time rocked me and, and I thought was the worst thing in the world that could ever possibly happen that like, turned out to be such a gift. So for instance, um, I didn't get into my first choice school, college. 
I wanted to go to Penn State. I'm from Pittsburgh and my sister was already at Penn State. And so I wanted to go to Penn State and I didn't get in to main campus. And so I'm like, I'm not going to Altoona. I'm not, <laughs> not going to like branch campus. That's not even real Penn State. Heck yeah. no. Um, and it was devastating to me at the time. And what was your internal communication like at the time? I 17, 18 years old, right? I failed. And you probably um, said that over and oh, over yeah. and over again. I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. They don't want me. I didn't deserve it. I didn't earn it. And I mean, none of that was true, but it's what I made it mean. And so by not getting into my first choice school, that's ultimately what led me out to Arizona and to Arizona State. And so fast forward, I have the husband I have, the daughter I have, the life that I have, the experiences I've had as, you know, 20 years in the media industry, meeting amazing people like yourself, having all of these life experiences because I didn't get what I wanted. Funny how it works, huh? And But I got what I needed. Mm-hmm. And so if you're willing to look for the gifts, they will present themselves, maybe not immediately, but keep being open to them because really in any situation you can find, and it, it's not trying, here's the thing, it's not trying to be delusional about life and like rainbows and unicorns. No, that's, that's not. That's not going to get you anywhere. And, and that's not how I operate. Mm-hmm. But it is, what do you want to focus on here? Because a lot of my life, I did focus on the glass half empty. And, oh, the glass half full. No, I'm just like, refill the damn glass. Okay? <laughs> I can put more water in the glass yeah. anytime I want. <laughs> but it's like, again, it's about like shifting your perspective about that. And that, I think, does start ultimately with the way we communicate with ourselves. Change your thoughts, change your life. And nobody teaches you that. And it's a simple thing. And you're like, what does that mean, change your thoughts? What do you mean I can't change my thoughts? You're going to have automatic negative thoughts. Carolyn Dwick from Stanford calls them ants. You're going to have them. They creep in. You just got to figure out how to deal with the ants, how to exterminate the ants, how to not let the ant hill get too too big. Like, that's really what it is. And that's shifting that communication. So I would ask you that question. Uh, you can obviously see already and hear what Pamela's changed. Her language went from, I'm not good enough, I'm a failure, to... That led me to this amazing spot I'm in in life right now. Like, that's perspective shift. You got to look for it, though. Mm -hmm. And that's where we're not necessarily taught to look for that. So that's why you're doing what you're doing and I'm doing what I'm doing because we've learned so much about the value of that perspective shift and how just those small little the small little changes have a huge impact. It's controlling what you can control, not giving your power away. Mm-hmm. You know, this Even person, in your own head. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. That, that chatter in your head is not a reliable source. No, okay? not at all. It's not. So like, turn the volume down on it. Mm-hmm. And that's what you and I help folks do. And I realize, I'll just interject real quick. You got personal, I'll get personal. I suffered a depression most of my life. I mentioned negative talk. It was like really bad. But I realized somewhere along, it was because of the way I talked to myself. Like, that's why I did this communication course. And that's why communication, to me, is that most important thing. Again, we don't really talk about it as a skill, but it's a skill. It's a, it's a personal development skill. It's a skill to interact with human beings, to have successful relationships, not mired in the muck. We react and we behave the way that we're programmed as children. And when I say programmed, I mean, like, you don't know any better. Your parents your caregivers, your family around you, the people that you interact with as a child, like you're, they're the experts. They know what's best. And so you learn by watching what they do. Mm-hmm. But there becomes a point in time in life where you're like, but is that true? 
Do I agree with that? Do I believe that? Or was that just what I was told to believe? Start questioning it. Not from a place of judgment that they were wrong or bad. I believe that like all of our parents did the best that they could with whatever 100%. they had. Mm -hmm. But now I can do better. If you know better, do better. And so that's where I'm at. That's where you're at right now. We're questioning everything. Like, who says? Yeah. Who says? Well, and your memory works funky things, too. It's like, so you take a bit of something your dad said, a bit of something from your mom said, and then there might be something you heard on TV that gets interspliced in between, and because your mind just takes all this information, and, and this is an interesting fact. Your brain can process 400 billion bytes of information every second. Dang. It, I mean, it doesn't always, but there's all kinds of things going on. Our bodies and brains have to kind of narrow down, like, okay, what are you looking at right now? Okay, what's behind you? Are you listening to that sound, or are you looking ahead? And it's trying to do all these things, so it's very easy to get things kind of jumbled together. That's why memory has been proven not to be super reliable. So in going back to what you just said, Pamela, if you take the language of, this is what happened. Did it really happen, though? Because it may not happen the way you remember it. And just be open to that possibility. And that's part of what we're both teaching, is being open to possibility, to question everything, to make conscious decisions as to what you believe and what you want, and make those even decisions ahead of time. Mm -hmm. Like that's the coolest thing as a human being is we can make decisions ahead of time, we can plan. Have you ever like gone to a dinner party and you're like, how do I wanna feel at this dinner party? Like what kind of interactions do I wanna have with people? Instead of just showing up and winging it. Right. Like making decisions ahead of time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, Again, simple, simple things. This isn't rocket science that we're telling you here. Simple, simple things that people have never told you. You decide what to wear. You decide what to eat. You decide what kind of car to drive. You decide all of these things in your life. You get to decide your thoughts too. One of the few things you can actually be in control of, to go back to the stoicism. And then you look at just how much of that control we give away. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of a balance of owning the control and owning the thoughts, but also not giving it away by, oh, this person made me feel this way. Oh, this person said this, and so I feel this way. And you're like, yeah, no, I get to control how I feel. I get to control how I show up. I get to control who I want to be in this situation. Mm -hmm. And again, like things that I learned in my 40s. Yeah, I know. That, um, <laughs> Thank that, goodness that we can still learn in our 40s. Because we're open to possibility. Absolutely. But that's, it's such a, just a distinct shift, but it just opens up so much. And it's just that willingness to learn mm -hmm. and not have all the answers. It's okay not to have all the answers. And you know what? That was a learning process for me because especially in the media world, being a talk show host, I felt like I had to have all the answers. Mm -hmm. I had to know everything. Uh, that's what was expected of me. And when I started saying, like, I don't know, oh my gosh, that was so freeing because like, I, no, I don't know. And I'm it's allowed okay. to change my mind. Mm -hmm. You know, when I have better information, I'm going to make better choices. So you make the best choice you can right now with the given information. But when that information changes and you have better information, make a different choice. Yep. That doesn't mean that the choice you made six months ago was a bad one. It just means it's the best choice you could have made six months ago. So have your own back on that 100%. choice. Yes. And then make a better one moving forward. And that's okay. So communication, critical in life, and it's something that so many of us have struggled with, especially in today's environment. So super pumped to have Rob Hunter with Painted Porch Strategies. He has got his masterclass and course. Mm -hmm. Tell folks who are interested that, that may want to work with you where they can find you. 
Instagram, at RobHunter1. That's probably the easiest way. You slide in my DMs. Keep it appropriate, please. That's all I ask. Keep it appropriate. Or you can go to PaintedPorchStrategies.com. Longest website ever. PaintedPorchStrategies.com. Thank you, Pamela. You know I love you. You know I love listening. You know I love picking your brain. And you should pick Pamela's brain as well. <laughs> That's Rob Hunter. And again, communication is key. We do it every single day. And we don't necessarily understand the impact of how we're communicating with ourselves and others. So when you practice it, when you learn new strategies, you become aware, as Rob talked about, you become more curious and listen and want to learn instead of say what's in your mind, but hear what's in somebody else's that's where things open up. And that's where you start to have that richer life and that richer experience of life. And I mean, like, that's what it's about. So it really starts with communication. Painted Porch Strategies, such a great company that is changing the way people communicate, the way they work together in business and as individuals. So check that out, folks. And I hope this helped. And I'll see you next time. Hey there, podcast listeners. If you're feeling stuck and you want to start wiggling loose, head on over to my website, PamelaHughesCoaching.com and sign up for a free session to see if life coaching is for you. Again, that's PamelaHughesCoaching.com. Hope to chat with you soon.